Three. I just don't think she should take the car is all, Eleanor's brother-in-law said stubbornly. It's half my car, Eleanor said. I helped pay for it. I just don't think she should take it is all, her brother-in-law said. He appealed to his wife. It isn't fair she should have the use of it for the whole summer and us have to do without. Carrie drives it all the time and I never even take it out of the garage, Eleanor said. Besides, you'll be in the mountains all summer and you can't use it there. Carrie, you know you won't use the car in the mountains. But suppose poor little Linny got sick or something and we needed a car to get her to a doctor. It's half my car, Eleanor said. I mean to take it. Suppose even Carrie got sick. Suppose we couldn't get a doctor and needed to go to a hospital. I want it. I mean to take it. I don't think so. Carrie spoke slowly, deliberately. We don't know where you're going, do we? You haven't seen fit to tell us very much about all this, have you? I don't think I can see my way clear to letting you borrow the car. It's half my car. No, Carrie said. You may not. Right, Eleanor's brother-in-law nodded. We need it, like Carrie says. Carrie smiled slightly. I'd never forgive myself, Eleanor, if I lent you the car and something happened. How do we know we can trust this doctor fellow? You're still a young woman, after all, and the car is worth a great deal of money. Well, now, Carrie, I did call Homer in the credit office, and he said this fellow was in good standing at some college or other. Carrie said, still smiling, Of course, there is every reason to suppose that he is a decent man. But Eleanor does not choose to tell us where she is going or how to reach her if we want the car back. Something could happen, and we might never know. Even if Eleanor, she went on delicately addressing her teacup, even if Eleanor is prepared to run off to the ends of the earth at the invitation of any man, there is still no reason why she should be permitted to take my car with her. It's half my car! Suppose poor little Linny got sick up there in the mountains with nobody around, no doctor. In any case, Eleanor, I am sure that I am doing what Mother would have thought best. Mother had confidence in me and would certainly never have approved my letting you run wild, going off heaven knows where in my car. Or suppose even I got sick up there and I am sure Mother would have agreed with me, Eleanor. Besides, Eleanor's brother-in-law said, struck by a sudden idea, how do we know that she'd bring it back in good condition? There has to be a first time for everything, Eleanor told herself. She got out of the taxi very early in the morning, trembling, because by now, perhaps, her sister and her brother-in-law might be stirring with the first faint proddings of suspicion. She took her suitcase quickly out of the taxi, while the driver lifted out the cardboard carton which had been on the front seat. Eleanor overtipped him, wondering if her sister and brother-in-law were following, or perhaps even now turning into the street and telling each other, there she is, just as we thought. The thief, there she is. She turned in haste to go into the huge city garage where their car was kept, glancing nervously towards the end of the street. She crashed into a very little lady, sending packages in all directions, and saw with dismay a bag upset and break on the sidewalk, spilling out a broken piece of cheesecake tomato slices, a hard roll. Damn you! Damn you! The little lady screamed, her face pushed up close to Eleanor's. I was taking it home, damn you! Damn you! I'm so sorry, Eleanor said. She bent down, but it did not seem possible to scoop up the fragments of tomato and cheesecake and shove them somehow back into the broken bag. 
The old lady was scowling down and snatching up her other packages before Eleanor could reach them, and at last Eleanor rose, smiling in convulsive apology. "'I'm really so sorry,' she said. "'Damn you!' the little old lady said, but more quietly, "'I was taking it home for my little lunch, and now, thanks to you, perhaps I could pay?' Eleanor took hold of her pocketbook, and the little lady stood very still and thought. "'I couldn't take money just like that,' she said at last. "'I didn't buy the things, you see. They were left over.' She snapped her lips angrily. "'You should have seen the ham they had,' she said. "'But someone else got that. And the little candles and the little paper dishes. I was too late on everything, and now—' She and Eleanor both glanced down at the mess on the sidewalk, and the little lady said, "'So, you see, I couldn't just take money. Not money just from your hand, not for something that was left over.' "'May I buy you something to replace this, then?' I'm in a terrible hurry, but if we could find some place that's open... The little old lady smiled wickedly. I've still got this, anyway, she said, and she hugged one package tight. You may pay my taxi fare home, she said. Then no one else will be likely to knock me down. Gladly, Eleanor said, and turned to the taxi driver who had been waiting, interested. Can you take this lady home? she asked. A couple of dollars will do it, the little lady said. Not including the tip for this gentleman, of course. Being as small as I am, she explained daintily, it's quite a hazard, quite a hazard indeed, people knocking you down. Still, it's a genuine pleasure to find one as willing as you to make up for it. Sometimes the people who knock you down never turn once to look. With Eleanor's help, she climbed into the taxi with her packages, and Eleanor took two dollars and a fifty-cent piece from her pocketbook and handed them to the little lady who clutched them tight in her tiny hand. All right, sweetheart, the taxi driver said. Where do we go? The little lady chuckled. I'll tell you after we start, she said. And then to Eleanor, good luck to you, dearie. Watch out from now on how you go knocking people down. Goodbye, Eleanor said, and I'm really very sorry. That's fine, then, the little lady said, waving at her as the taxi pulled away from the curb. I'll be praying for you, dearie. Well, Eleanor thought, staring after the taxi. There's one person, anyway, who will be praying for me. One person, anyway.